1: Jesus is greater than anything else in our life or anything that could happen to us.
2: Your truth. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today, we are continuing our message titled, A Grip of Fear in John chapter 6.
1: Yes, God does desire to bless us. He does, but he wants us first to conform into his image. He wants the Holy Spirit to be working inside of us. He wants us to be holy even as he is holy. Listen, God's not going to just bless your life because you're giving big in the offering because you're showing up. God's going to bless your life as you have ears to hear the truth of the word of God. God's going to bless your life as you desire to become more like him. That's when God's going to bless your life. Not anything based on what you normally hear through positive confession preachers. It's when we come to him with an attitude of gratitude, when we come to him desiring to be all that he has called us to be, that's when God can change our habits. That's when God can teach us his lessons. That's when God can direct us in his way, that we should go. I like what he said in Proverbs chapter three, verse five. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean onto your own understanding In all your ways acknowledge him and then he will make your path straight. It's as we submit to him, as we humble ourselves before him, that's when he can take our crooked lives, our lives of a total disaster and mess and he can straighten our lives and turn something good out of something that's not good. I wonder... If we really trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord. Do you really trust in him? Do you really want to stop leaning on your own understanding? Do we really want to stop depending on our own strength? See, the disciples were fighting this storm in their own strength. And it was getting them nowhere. Nowhere. According to John, they left at evening time around nine o'clock. Now, according to Mark, it's the fourth watch of the day. That's somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. Are you seeing what's happening here? That means the disciples have been battling this storm in their own strength for at least a minimum of seven hours. And now Jesus, the creator of the very wind and the sea that has become a disaster to them, that has become a trial, that has become a hardship to them. Now he comes walking victoriously over that very trial that was plaguing the disciples and causing them so much grief. Know this, Jesus is above everything. Jesus is greater than anything else in our life or anything that could happen to us. What an encouragement that should be to you and to me. The apostle John put it like this in 1 John 4, 4, he says, you are from God you little children have overcome them. Who's them? It's anyone who comes against us. It's anything in this world order that comes against the lifestyle that God has called us to live. He says, you have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Greater is he that is inside of you. Oh, and by the way, he is inside of us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, do you not know? Don't you know this, that the spirit of God is in you, that you are the temple of God and he dwells with inside of you? He says, well, greater is he that is in you than anything that is happening in your life right now. Yes, Jesus, he allowed. He persisted in allowing them to fight their own battle. He allowed the disciples to fight this storm in their own strength for at least seven hours. What was he doing? He was trying to get them to the end of themselves. See, if you're a lifeguard and you're out there to save someone, you don't go out there when they first start drowning because they're all got all their strength and they're all freaking out. They're like Superman out there. Ah, they're struggling. And if you try to save them right then, they're gonna grab onto you with supernatural strength. They're gonna be like, ah, and you're both gonna sink. You're both gonna die. So a good lifeguard, he looks out there, Yeah, they're not quite ready to drown yet. (laughs) Oh, look at them flailing out there like a wild chicken out there, you know? Yeah, I'm just going to let them go for a little bit longer, you know? Ah, ah! Yeah, they're not quite there yet. Ah! It's like, yeah, okay, I'll get in the water now. i get used to the water. I'll start swimming out there, and a good lifeguard will go up to the person when they're still flinging, and they'll just hang back, hang back. They got too much strength in them still. A good lifeguard will go up to him, they'll turn around and they'll kick him in the gut to try to knock the air out of him. It's like, I got to get this guy into the limp fish mode. Then I can grab him and then I can swim back with him back to shore. See, you got to wear out your own strength. Well, guess what? God does the same thing in our life. He's the ultimate lifeguard. And he's gonna let you wear yourself out just like he wore these people out. He's like, go out there, get, get it all done. Get it out of your system. You guys done yet? Seven hours out there rowing against the wind? All you trained fishermen out there? I wonder how long it will take us to get to the end of ourselves. I wonder how long we've been the master and commander of our lives. I wonder if we will ever let go completely. I wonder if there's some area of our life that we have not been willing to let go of up to this point. I wonder if it's pride that keeps us from completely humbling ourselves before God. I'm a man. I can do it. I am woman. Hear me roar. It's like, really? Are you serious? God's just like, okay, you need some more time. I'll check back on you later. Because you're out there trying to do it yourself. God wants us to humble ourselves, And he means just that. To humble ourselves is to relinquish. It's to let go of. It's to submit ourselves, And it's to confess all of our faults and our weaknesses to him. Well, to those who have ears to hear, the sooner we do this, the sooner we relinquish, the sooner we let go, the sooner God can take hold of us. The Bible says in James 4, 6, God is opposed to the proud. What does that say to you? If you're prideful and arrogant, God's opposed to you. God's opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord so that he can exalt you. Well, getting back to the disciples, as they look out into the darkness of night, they see what appears to be a ghost. And like we pointed out at the beginning of our study, the disciples had phasmophobia. They were afraid of ghosts. And now Jesus, he must have turned on the neon lights because it's pitch blackouts and all of a sudden here's this bing, you know, and he's just shining like a light here because he was in the midst of the storm and they seen him like, oh my goodness. Understand, Jesus will always shine in the midst of our storms, always and do not miss what it said at the end of Mark 6 48. It says that he intended to pass them by. Gute, 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 gute. They're all over here fighting. Sane, sane, sane. It's like, I don't see you. He intended to pass them by. Imagine whatever the depth of your problem is this morning, Jesus is just going to pass you on by because you're not looking for him. Some people would say, What? Pass them by? Why would Jesus pass them by? You know, they're in obvious peril. They have been fighting this storm for hours. And again, maybe today, you too have been fighting an obvious storm for a very, very long time. Yet, you have, have you really sought out the help of the Lord? I mean, have you really sought out the help of the Lord? I'm not talking about some flippant prayer here and there. Oh, pray for me. My life is so miserable. I'm not talking about just like a flippant little prayer. I'm talking about, have you had a life change inside of you? I'm talking about sticking with what you know is right. I got to clean my life up. Maybe the reason God's not answering my prayers is I'm walking in opposition to him. See, this is what the faith teachers don't tell you. You keep asking and you're claiming and you're claiming and you're claiming. Oh, don't say a negative word. Don't say a negative word. I'm going to only speak positive words here. It's like, yeah, but how are you living? Because if you're living with known sin in your life, like you're just, look, we all battle with sin. I'm talking about you're living in sin and you know the difference. And it's like, you don't have no desire to change. And God's just like, yeah, well, I'm not really hearing you right now. Because you're acting, you're carrying a role of a Christian, but yet you've got this secondary life of yours that's taken on a whole life of its own. And you don't really have a real desire to humble yourself before me. You don't have any real desire to stop in that life of sin that you're living. You're not even trying anymore. You've given up. You've thrown up the white flag. You've surrendered to that thing. Maybe you're just fighting this obvious storm. And it's just like you're just not, you're missing everything God's trying to get a hold of you with. Yes, Jesus waited for these guys to get to the end of themselves. But are you now willing to say, God, I need help? Are you willing in the difficulties and the trials of your life? Are you willing to allow Jesus to just continue to walk by like he's walked by the last month, the last year, the last decade? Or are you willing to cry out and say, Pass me by no more? Lord, no more! I am done! I am willing to humble myself. I am ready to sit in a corner and learn my lesson. I am ready to change my lifestyle. Are you willing to ask him to help you? Are you willing that whatever the cost might be, please come, Lord, into the storm of my life. Please come and be the captain of my ship. Well, that's what the disciples finally did. And Matthew's gospel gives us even more insight. Now we have a third party giving us more insight on the very same event here. Listen to what it says here in Matthew 14, 28. It says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Then he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and he came towards Jesus. Wow. Peter, flesh and blood like you and me. He was a man what does this guy weigh 200 pounds he's walking on the water see the elements the normal thing that we live in this world nothing can stand between you and the miraculous if you allow god into your boat see nothing i mean now peter this guy just like he's walking on the water see because circumstances everything in life nothing can stand against us He's doing the, the unbelievable, how can a man walk on water? Okay, fine, grant it to the Lord. The Lord's walking, well, he's God. But here's Peter, far from God, and yet he's walking on the water. Could you imagine that? Peter says to what he thinks is a ghost at first, Lord, Lord, is that you? Is that really you? If so, command me to walk on the water. What faith? Jesus says, all right, come on out. And he did. I wonder how many things we could accomplish if we only believed. Because if you believed, then he would. You'd be coming in here every Sunday. Pastor, you're not going to believe what happened. You would be telling me all kinds of stories because you believed. You know, God, could you use me Like somehow, someway. Could just some crazy thing happen tomorrow? Lord, I give you my life completely. And whatever you tell me to do, I don't care who you tell me to talk to, I will talk to them tomorrow. And you tell me what ends up happening in your life. If we only believed, yes, the very storm that was causing fear and anguish in Peter's life, now Peter is literally walking on the storm that was causing him grief. Wouldn't you like to walk on your problems instead of your problems walking all over you? Yes, Peter, by faith, stood on the water. Yet it doesn't take long for Peter to live up to his name. Remember what Peter's name is in the Greek. Peter, the Greek word is Petros, which is a rock. Now Peter lives up to his name because now he sinks like a rock. But what happened? You know, why does he sink like a rock? Why? Well, let's not forget the storms along with all the trials that we face in our lives here on this side of heaven. They are a test of our faith and our courage through them by succeeding and going through the trials and hardships of life. They can prove to be a staircase to heaven that gets us into the audience of God himself. Yet, Peter, just like you and me, we can easily take our eyes off of Jesus. Now, Jesus is standing in front of them, shining like a bright light. But maybe, you know, he turned around and looked at all the other guys. He's saying, hey, guys, look at me. I'm walking on the water. Look at this. You know, and then maybe a wave came up and smacked him upside the head like, oh, wait a second. I can't walk on the water. Therefore, he no longer walked on the water and he sank. It's just like that. On one second, he's believing, he's walking on the water. The next second, he's not. And the storm once again became a distraction for Peter as he cried out to the Lord, oh, Lord, save me, proving once again that our prayers don't have to be long. So you just got to get to the point. Oh, Lord, save me. And the Bible says that the Lord reached down, grabbed Peter and put him back into the boat. Sometimes we get in all these longevity prayers. It's like, no, just, just pray. I mean, sometimes I'll get asked questions and some funky thing will be happening to me right in front of me. And it's like, huh, huh, huh. I'm just like, oh Lord, just give me wisdom. Boom, I'm in. I don't have to suck at me. Excuse me, I have to go do a little Bible study here. I'll be back with you in three hours. No, sometimes a question comes up, a situation comes up right on the street. Boom, boom. And it's just like, Lord, grant me wisdom now. I mean, you don't know what to do. It's like, right now, I need wisdom right now, right this second. I mean, not, not tomorrow. I need wisdom and power and strength right now. And in Peter's desperation, the Lord immediately saved him. Yet Jesus also tells Peter the root of his failure. He says, this is your problem, Peter. He says to him, oh, you of little faith. Why is your faith so puny? Why is your faith so little? Why, Peter? You've been walking with me all this time. You've seen all these radical miracles. Why are you why is your faith so tiny? Look how much time we spend with ourselves. And yeah, some guys go to the gym and they just pump iron, pump iron, pump iron. I just, oh, oh, oh. They're rocked out physically. Some of you spend a lot of time, you know, in personal, you know, hygiene and getting ready and doing your hair and, or lack of hair, but whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, you, the, you, the clothes that you buy and all of these things, we spend time on all these things and, oh, and how we eat, it's got to be organic, it's got to be this, it's got to be that, and you watch everything that goes in. I watch everything that goes in too, mostly unhealthy, cheese, bacon, and, you know, meat, but anyway, but it's like all of these things, we spend so much time, but what about our faith? Do we spend time on our faith? Do we spend time growing in our relationship with God? Peter, why are you so little in faith? Why? God wants to do so many things in all of our lives and maybe he could say the same to us. I'm so excited that you go to church. I'm so excited you try to squeeze in your Bible uh, devotions with me in the morning. But can I just ask you a question? Why is your faith so puny? Why, every time something comes up against you, do you fall apart? Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Here we go again. Oh, I just came out of one thing. Oh, woe is me. Oh, Lord, I'm so. Oh, man, when I get to heaven, there's going to be people I know when they get to heaven, they're going to say, Oh, Lord. I was so faithful. I went to church twice a week. I read my Bible every morning. Lord, why did you just leave me with so much little? Lord, I just didn't have. Why didn't you bail me out? Oh, Lord. He'll say, well done now, puny and faithless servant. (laughs) Come into the joy of the Lord. Because you never trusted me. You never really clung to me. Every time something came, you turned your back on me and, and went and moaned and groaned to all your friends. Yes, in Peter's desperation, he sank. Oh, you of little faith. Oh, such a great question. Why do we doubt? Do we really think Jesus is going to leave us or forsake us? Really? Do you really think so? Like he's not going to bail you out? Like he's not going to work in your favor? I bet Peter thought long and hard on why he allowed that particular trial, standing on the water looking at Jesus shining like a neon light bulb in front of him. Why did he allow himself to doubt when the Lord was standing right there in the water with him? Why did he allow his heart to be stolen away and sink in fear? Maybe that's why Peter was able to have such a better understanding on the purpose of trials. Listen to what he wrote later in his life in his own epistle in 1 Peter 1, 6. It says this, so be truly glad, Peter says, there is a wonderful joy ahead even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials, not just a trial, many trials for a while. These trials, he goes on to say, are only to test your faith to show that it is strong and that it is pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is far more precious to God than gold is. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Could you imagine? Standing before the Lord. Lord, I'm so glad to be here. It's like, I can't believe how you used me down there. I can't believe it, Lord. Thank you. I was such a dog and yet you used me. You saved me by your grace. I am so thankful. Because you passed the test of trials and hardships. And you came through shining as pure gold. Look to mature as a believer in Christ. It takes time, and it takes patience. It takes trust, and it takes faith. But for those who hang on, they will always see the glory of God in their lives. Man, when you hang on, when it doesn't look like anything's going to happen, and you hang on to the end, and then the Lord delivers, you're like, yes, I knew you were going to come through. I knew it was going to happen. You are the captain of my life, and the storm will cease. Notice how John points out in verse 21 that they arrived at their destination. And isn't that our desire? Don't we all just want to get through life and get to where we're supposed to be? I mean, isn't that what we all really desire? Which brings up our final point, trials that teach. Understand, in every trial, there is a lesson to be learned. Did you get that? Every trial, there's a lesson to be learned. So if you look at whatever you're going through right now, What is the lesson that God is trying to get to you? What is it? Maybe you're always having financial problems. Always financial problems. Always financial problems. Do you think that maybe God's trying to say something to you that you're not trusting him for your finances? Because until you learn that lesson, plan on struggling for a very long time. Because God wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him with your finances. Why are we so hard You know, why is this so hard on us? Why was it so hard for the disciples? Why did they have to row and struggle for seven to eight hours? Well, listen, here's a little tidbit for you Bible students out there. Some might have missed this. But this is why they had to struggle so long. As you already know that they were tired and at the breaking point. But Mark gave us an incredible insight in verse 52 of Mark 6, 52. Let's read it again. He says... For they had not gained any insight of the incident of the loaves because their heart was hardened. Did you get that? They had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves because their heart was hardened. They didn't learn anything from Jesus just feeding 20,000 people from five loaves and two fish. They learned nothing from that. Nothing. Zero. Can you grasp it? See, we can go through trial after trial. We can go through hardship after hardship. We can live year after year, decade after decade, and never learn the life lesson that God wants to teach us. Why? Because we want to do it our way. I wonder when we'll stop and we surrender, at what point will we gain insight from our past failures.
2: That's all the time we have for this message. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible Teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you.